you wanted the best, you've got the best podcast. The hottest, hottest. podcast in the, world. in the world. The Chris Voss Show, the preeminent podcast with guests so smart you may experience serious brain bleed. The CEOs, authors, thought leaders, visionaries, and motivators. Get ready, get ready. Strap yourself in. Keep your hands, arms, and legs inside the vehicle at all times. Because you're about to go on a monster education roller coaster with your brain. Now, here's your host, Chris Voss. Hi, folks. Chris Voss here from thechrisvossshow.com. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the big show. It's time. It's that time of day for the new show. Of course, I don't know. It's that time of day for whenever you get around to listening to it. <laughs> you're like, Chris, it's 8 o'clock. It's not really that time. But, but uh, whatever time you're listening to the show is a time for you. So welcome to the show, my friends and family. We certainly appreciate you. The Chris Voss Show family that loves you but doesn't judge you, at least not as harshly as your mom does, uh, <laughs> go clean your room. Anyway, guys, uh, <laughs> I, you know, I should modify that joke. I should say, not as harshly as your wife does, because I think your wife judges you harshly than your mom. <laughs> but if you're married, that's your problem. Anyway, guys, go to YouTube.com forward slash Chris Voss, Goodreads.com forward slash Chris Voss. Go to uh, all those places on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, all those crazy places the kids are playing. The Chris Voss Show is not on Snapchat because we're not going to send you DMs. That's just how we roll on the show because it's inappropriate, folks. We're a business, the Chris Voss Show. But it sounded like a good joke to hit on at the time. Anyway, we have an amazing author on the show. He's prolific. He's written multiple books. In fact, I lost count. We're going to have to ask him on the show how many he's written, but he's a big fan favorite. Uh, Brett McKay is on the show with us today. He is the author of the latest book we'll be talking about, The Intruders. Came out June 15th, 2022, and we'll be talking about what he loves to do and how he does it. Uh, he's been pretty prolific, uh, prolific, pretty prolific. He's, I don't know, he could be something, pretty, I don't something, know. something with a P. He's not really my type. <laughs> so, <laughs> but you can hear him in the background there. He's coming on the show. And uh, when Brett McKay is not conjuring demons and bloodthirsty psychopaths, he sounds like my Tinder, uh, <laughs> to put on paper, he sells landscaping. He loves all types of music, but hard rock and heavy metal fuel him the most. Oh, we like this guy already. <laughs> he enjoys the outdoors, spending time with friends and family, curling up in front of a good movie with his wife and a bucket of popcorn, and hopefully his wife doesn't judge him harshly. I don't know why we're going to use that as a callback joke today, but maybe it'll work. Uh, he lives in Utah with his wife and two sons. We won't hold that against him. <laughs> That's a Utah joke because I'm visiting Utah right now. Fall is his favorite time of year because he gets to decorate his house for Halloween much too early for his neighbors. He's one of those guys. He's really into horror. Welcome to the show, Brett. How are you? I'm great. Thank you. Thank you for having me. You sound like my sick brother who, uh, and I mean that in a gentle way, <laughs> but he, he, uh, he, he turns his house every year into a Halloween, uh, like, what are those, a Halloween house? Yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, just, I always love that. Yeah. Like, he turns his whole basement into, into a house of horror, which is very different than Jeffrey Dahmer. So welcome to the show. Uh, give us your dot com so people can find you on the interwebs. Yeah, it's really easy. It's brettmckaybooks.com. And I step right off into the darkness of serial killers. But I don't know. Maybe that's appropriate for the show as we're going along. So how many books you written? I, you have so much fandom going on there on uh, Amazon. I can't keep oh, track. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I've got six books uh, published right now. And, um, you know, a couple of them are a little bit more in the horror genre. Yeah, but mostly they're all thrillers. There you go. You're pumping out one every couple of years, it looks like. Yes. Uh, yeah, but that's about right. This is kind of interesting. There's one called Damage Incorporated. I'm a metal, Metallica <laughs> fan. Yeah. And I heard you were too. Is there, is there an homage there a bit? Uh, I don't know. You know, a little bit. I, I always wondered, you know, gosh, should I name it after their song? I don't know if I'd get in trouble. Well, yeah, might get a, you Imagine might get... Lars, if he finds out, he'd come after me. But yeah. um, I guess it's similar because I know that, that song, it, it sounds like a, a company of <laughs> hitmen they're talking about. And while the book is about, a company of hitmen. There you so. go. Well, you know, I don't know. It's, it's uh, whatever. You get a and d from Lars, whatever. You can stop by <laughs> Metallica and things. Uh, I think they only get upset when you put their music on Napster. I think that's how it works. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So let's talk about your new book, and then we'll talk about some of your other books and touch on them. Uh, you've been writing for quite some time. When, when did you discover to be – when did you decide you wanted to be a horror writer? Well, really, uh, you know, 
I, I wanted to be a writer. I probably discovered it when I was about 12 years old. Mm. I was in English class, and uh, our English teacher gave us an assignment to to write a, a little short story, a little uh, science fiction short story, and so I did. And um, she highlighted it and read it to the class and gave me this great grade on it. And, um, you know, just for a quiet guy that didn't get a lot of attention, suddenly all the kids uh, seemed to want to do the next project with me that was coming up. So it really, that's when I got the little bug. And then I, of course, back then I, I was reading a lot of Louis L'Amour Westerns. Huh. So uh, that's what I started writing as Westerns. And then, you know, I'd watch Chuck Norris movies, of course. It's early 80s. <laughs> so I, I wrote a lot of books, uh, kind of more action-oriented like that. And it wasn't until I read, uh, well, a couple of different books by F. Paul Wilson, The Keep, and then also Stephen King's uh, Graveyard Shift. That really turned me around. I'm like, okay, this is, this is my thing. Ah, Stephen King gave you the bug there at the end, huh? Yes, definitely. <laughs> Those Louis the Moore books were amazing. My grandfather, yeah, uh, he he was retired, but he would work for spare money. I guess he wasn't officially retired. I don't know how it works. But uh, back when they were building Hemet, and back then it was just kind of this uh, little town in in, uh, in California, out in the middle of nowhere, and they were building all these uh, mobile home parks for retirement people. And it was uh, much cheaper, and. Uh, so they were building like homes like everywhere and golf courses everywhere. And he would go watch the houses so they didn't get robbed and vandalized and stuff. Oh, um, wow. Yeah. And he would, it was really funny. He would, he would just have to sit in the car all day and, uh, you know, drive around, look at the houses and they would be building a, they would have a golf course there. They were building the thing around. And so he'd collect the balls and sell them back to the, the course um, and so he'd have these buckets of balls in the trunk, but in his spare time, he would read Le Louis L'Amour books Yeah, and he would have like a hundred of them in the back seat that he would just be reading and then he'd throw them in the back seat, I guess when he got done with them or whatever. But so I grew up sometimes hanging out with him on duty, you know, and there'd be these pile of Louis L'Amour books in the back. And I, oh, I great. yeah, my yeah. grandpa was the same. My grandpa had a stack of them. I think he had he? every one of them in his basement. And he'd let me borrow a couple at a time, and I'd go home and read them, and then come back and trade them out for another one. And that's just crazy, man. But uh, yeah, that guy was prolific. I mean, it's oh, kind of yeah. like romance novels. Once you get the formula down, you just just bang them out. So you start writing. Uh, you start writing. Uh, basically, all your books are horror genre, basically, right? Well, I, because I, I like a lot of the thriller elements and suspense, um, mm -hmm. I, I write a lot of horror, but really what drives the whole story is a thriller element. So I'm kind of changing around to go, well, maybe more, I'm more of a thriller writer with mm -hmm. elements of horror. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Thrill and horror. I mean, that's definitely yeah. goes hand in hand. They so do, let's. Yeah. Let's talk about your latest book so we can get that moved off the okay. shelves. Uh, not, I mean, we don't want to take it off the shelves, but we definitely want to <laughs> clean it off the shelves oh, so they can oh, read, read, can read it. There you go. Uh, so the intruders pray they don't get in. That sounds right. like, uh, that sounds like, uh, yeah, I don't have a joke for that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that is the joke. Anyway, um, so t tell us about this book. And uh, is, is it a standalone book? Because I think I see a couple of Damage Incorporated. It, it is a standalone. You know, the Damage Inc., there's a couple of Damage Inc. ones. Mm -hmm. um, and what's oddly enough, you know, if, if you read my books, you'll catch a little bit of a thread that's similar in all of them. There's a little, little bit of a connection, but it's not strong enough to, you know, all of them are standalone. That's how I like it. I like my books to be standalone. But mm -hmm. I like little Easter eggs maybe in there that go, oh, hey, ah. this can, kind of connects to that other book a little bit. So I like to do that. that. And so so yeah, give us an overview of the plot of this book. You can't, of course, okay. give us all, too much because it's the novel. But <laughs> right. um, but uh, give us a rundown. Well, it's it's about a normal family, a normal guy. So he's trying to make it. He's... He's lost his uh, his job, and so he's working as a car salesman, not doing very well at it. And then, uh, you know, he runs into this this dark stranger, kind of a uh, kind of scooping him out at work, kind of creeps him out. Then he comes mm -hmm. home, and there's a weird package delivered to him, and he doesn't know what that is, and he doesn't open it yet. But later that night, a group of armed men break into their house, and they kidnap all of them, uh -oh. they take them to an underground bunker. And now he's being questioned, tortured about things he knows nothing about. 
Um, so once they finally figure out that they've nabbed the wrong guy, they're just going to set all of them to be executed. And so now he's got to figure out a way to escape or run away from them. Uh, meanwhile, kind of unravel the mystery of who are these intruders who happen to have a supernatural ability. That's pretty terrifying. Yeah. That's pretty scary, man. The intruders. So, uh, how, who did you base the? Was there anybody in your in your personal life that you based the uh, characters on? Uh, any movie stars you based the characters on? Or well, or, there's, there's a lot of things that um, goes into uh, the inspiration for a lot of my books. Uh, you know, I like the the movie The Thing is one of my favorites. Oh yeah, what a and, classic, uh, right? This one definitely has a lot of elements of that to it. So if you like that, you're gonna like this book. Uh, this book also it just moves. I just wanted a book that just it just started with a, you know, like a crack of fire and just goes off and, and doesn't stop. And so um, that was the main thing of this book. And, of course, the main character, you know, it's a guy and a wife and two boys. So eh, somewhat like me. Oh, there you <laughs> I go. I was a car salesman at one point when I was trying to figure out what where I was going to go in life. I was a car salesman, and that's really uh, about the time when I, I came up with this idea. And, oh, there you go. So there's you know, some insight you have, the car business that you could pull off of and all that stuff. Yeah. It is kind of, this one was fun because um, I, Amazon started this new Vela platform where you can, uh, you can submit for and uh, put out an episode at a time. So it's a, it's a serialized novel that comes out an episode at a time. Oh, and wow. Then you also uh, put author notes at the bottom of it, of it, at the end of each one. So mm-hmm. we did that first, and then after it was all finished, we said, well, let's just put it into, you know, let's just publish a whole book. And so we published the book, and we decided to keep the author notes in it. And I mm-hmm. didn't know how well that would really translate to readers, but so far, everybody that's reading it or commenting and really liking the author notes. Now, is it is it kind of a different approach that you took uh, based on your other books? Just uh, not really. Uh, the author notes were new uh, to me to, to put in, but they were a lot of fun. And what I would do is I would look at the chapter that I was re- writing and I said, you know, this is what inspired me to write this. Or uh, these cars, I put these cars in because these were the cars my kids were right, driving at the time. And oh. you know, I would just little things like that. I, I kind of like have fun with and I would um, put little inspirations, what made me think to write this or I, this was written completely different and then I changed it, you know, stuff like that. So So do you see this being a continuing uh, series that you're going to do with the book with the, what was it called? The Vela system? Oh, Vela. Yeah. I think Vela may end up being uh, really, it started off really slow. The Amazon really didn't promote it very well, Mm. Uh, but I think it's going to start catching fire. And I think a lot of people are going to start, you know, uh, using the Vela and, and, you know, you can you can release your episodes at a time whenever you want to. You can mm-hmm. keep the story going on and on and on. Um, mm-hmm. So whatever you want to do with it, but it, it's a pretty cool um, little platform. And you, you you end up buying tokens, so you buy a number of tokens, and then you use these tokens to buy episodes with. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think that's, that, that that's might pretty be darn. <laughs> that's pretty darn cool. Sounds kind of yeah, like gaming fine. for. You know how you buy stuff in gaming, like the, the token thing. That's kind of oh right, yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. Kind of like gamification of of uh, and where games sell stuff and stuff. You know, there's so many great authors like yourself that they do. They just write these books and they're really prolific. I took 51 years, 52 years to write my first book, and so I guess at the pace I'm going, it's going to be like 102 when I do my next <laughs> one. Um, but, you know, something, a system like that, you know, we have authors on the show. They've written 50, 60 books. Um, yeah. There might be one that's broken the 60 barrier. I'm not sure. But they, they come back about every four months on the show. or Well, not four months. It's six to nine because the publishers take time to put their stuff together. But I think they're writing yeah. a book about every three to four months when they write it, and then it comes out. That's, that's about right. Um, yeah. You know, if you were full time, so I'm not quite full time yet, and I would like mm-hmm. to be, uh, then I could I could put them out, you know, pop them out a lot quicker like that. But it, I guess if probably a full three months to get the whole story down, but then mm-hmm. there's rewriting and there's revising and editing and 
editing. You know, all sorts of more work you build into us. <laughs> I'm still, like, I'm still scarred from editing. Probably go. aware of like, it's. That's a lot of work to put a, a whole book together. It is. You if know, you people, want don't, <laughs> people don't realize that when I wrote my book, I just joined up with some friends uh, to do a. Uh, Oh, what do they call it? Where you, you write every day and you make sure everyone writes every day or you shame them and cane them with a stick or something. I don't know. <laughs> don't do that, people. But, uh, it was a basically, uh, I forget what they call it, but so it's, it's where you, it's where you keep each other honest. Um, and you, you write like an hour a day and we all were intending yeah. to write books and, uh, I just caught fire with it, uh, after about, I don't know, a couple of weeks of just getting in the habit and then, um, but by the end, everyone had dropped out out of about six people. And, uh, you know, I think they're still working on theirs, but you know, it's hard. It's hard to write a book. Like people don't realize how hard it is. And, and it's, that's kind of why when I first became an author, everyone was like, Oh, you're an author now. And you're like, yeah. And then you realize how hard the damn thing is and people respect it because you know, whatever. I'm still, I'm still using it to to pick up chicks on Tinder. Anyway, it's just doing. <laughs> I don't know, man. It's a weird place. I'm six one, so that helps. Uh, evidently, that's uh, kind of the breaking point for for what the girls are searching for on the things. But uh, lots of Tinder jokes and wife jokes today, I guess. Um, so he's abducted by armed men. Can you tell us if these are? Uh, if these are aliens, or do you want to keep that a secret? You know, I, I, no, I don't want to. I, I can talk about it because I really, I really didn't want it to be an alien book. You know, oh, okay. It's just been overdone. Um, you know, I wanted it to be something completely different. Mm. Um, and really, I don't know if I want to uh, explain exactly what they are or oh. where they come from, but it's definitely not. It's not from this world, but it's not from like outer space. Ah. Okay. More like from a parallel universe. Mm. Oh, wow. That tells us something there. Parallel universe. I got chills down my spine when you said that. I don't know why. But that sounds, <laughs> sounds really creepy. And uh, so uh, you wrote the book. Uh, do you anticipate uh, making this a sequel? Or are you going to see oh, how it rolls out? Or Yes. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, I ended it leading off into a, a sequel. Oh. Which maybe now I'm kicking myself because that means I'm going to have to write it. <laughs> <laughs> now you have to write it. Well, you know, but, you can uh, hop around. Yeah. And I, yeah I, I've already written another book uh, that's completely different. That's the standalone. Oh. And I'm working on a new one now that's completely different. So I haven't gone back yet and written a sequel for it. But I will. Yeah. Um, it's a fun story. It's fun to get back into. So. You know, one of my, uh, a lot of the authors we have on the show that are really prolific, they've written, like I said, 50, 60 books. What they'll do is they, they kind of have these different, uh, like leads that they run. Like, uh, you know, there's a Bob McKay or, you know, whatever the name of the, their character is. And then it's kind of like Bond. They just, they do different books on them. In fact, we have the Bond writer on the show. Um, and, uh, but they won't do them like back to back. They'll stagger them. They'll like do the one character and then they've got like a second series they're running over here and then a third series and they just kind of, no. they kind of flip around to whatever, uh, works for them in, uh, in their, in their thing. So yeah, just, just have fun with it. Besides, you want to keep people waiting, right? Right. Uh, and the other thing too is you don't want to get boxed into always writing the same character oh, yeah. over and over again. I, I recently watched, rewatched. The movie Misery. I remember that one, Stephen King. <laughs> and uh, and I, you know, I learned that Stephen King wrote that in a way because he felt, you know, he was being kind of trapped in his genre and he uh-huh. wanted to kind of break out and, and write other things. And and that's what the character was about. He had written all these characters about this or these stories about misery that was so popular, and then mm. he decided, you know, kill him off and uh, write something different. And that didn't make. Um, what was her name? Uh, Kathy Bates. <laughs> Kathy Bates. <laughs> very happy when she learned that. Um, you must uh, love horror because I can only watch that movie once. Like the leg breaking yeah. part. That's that where part, that part still. Oh, that cringes. Oh, that is that is something bad. else. Uh, yeah, there's this there's only one time I can watch that. But you know, people that love horror and thrillers and stuff. I mean, that's that's a real thing for them. Um, oh yeah. In fact, a great thriller I was thinking of uh, just now was. Uh, was uh, the shining during oh, my editing process? I was, 
Scariest, yeah. <laughs> yeah, during my writing process, I started writing to my friends because I was doing 12-hour days of writing, and uh, I started writing to my friends. I think I'm at the uh, all work and no play part. <laughs> Thanks, Jack and oh, no. I think I'm at that part where I'm just no, starting to write and starting to, and then like, you, you probably want to take a break there, Chris. Step away from the, <laughs> step away from the, uh, the thing there and, and go chill out. I think I blew through like a 40 weekend of everyone was out playing it, which made it worse. They were up doing the, the, uh, the, uh, what was it? The, the holiday. It was July 4th holiday weekend. Oh, okay. And, like, everyone's playing. I'm seeing on social media everyone playing, and I'm like, I'm getting this book done. <laughs> all and work and no play. <laughs> all work and no play makes Jack a dull boy. That was a great movie, too. The Thing, what a classic movie. There, there's so many people. The Thing was like uh, the Beatles, I think, showing up on the Ed Sullivan show. Um, right, like, me. so many people yeah. were just like, that That set them off down a course of, of uh, uh, writing for stuff. And uh, Stephen, is it? Or what's his name? Carpenter? Oh, oh yeah, John Carpenter. Did John that. Carpenter. I mean, what a prolific. Yeah, he is. Horror is genre. I mean, I, I wouldn't want to be. Effects, whoever did the special effects for the thing. I mean, yeah. it's up today. And that's from. Didn't yeah. they do a remake of the thing? They did. Yeah, it didn't it do that well. They ended up doing, uh, I think, a lot of CGI special effects. And, you know, sometimes that just doesn't do as well as the, the old uh, traditional practical effects that they used to use. Yeah. Was there, was there any techniques that you used in developing the story? Uh, any, uh, any, any sort of uh, plot twist that you put in there that you can tease out? Yeah, there's, there's a lot of plot twi- uh, twists because, um, you know, our main character, you know, even though he's doesn't appear to, to know what they're talking about, there might be something more to him. Mm-hmm. You know, that's going to uh, twist around later on in the story. Oh. Um, obviously, you know, when he's, uh, fighting and he's fighting off the bad guys, it's, he's pretty surprising how well he can really take him out. So, um, there's a little, a little twist. There's a little more to find out who the main mm. character is. Mm. And then of the course, find out who the intruders are, what their purpose is, what are they doing here? Where do they come from? So I had an intruder once, but it was a mouse. So uh let's uh let's plug some of your other books here in the series yeah. too as well you got a lot of great reviews on the show so or on the amazon so you got a lot of uh fandom i think going you, on yeah. over there here as i can tell um yeah, it's, it's, it's it's tough to get the get all the reviews but um i've been getting uh, a good number of them so i'm getting getting some fans and you know get some hardcore fans and i've got have you gone have you gone over there and offered your book on uh, Goodreads.com? Yeah, yeah. So I'm on Goodreads. Yeah, yeah that Goodreads, yeah. man. That's something else. Yeah, I've got a lot of reviews on there. Yeah, um, that 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 thing. Uh, I bought the uh, what was it the uh, the thing where they give away like a hundred copies. Well, you can do a hundred. You can do a hundred eBooks. We gave that away, and then we gave away like ten signed copies. I think it's like 120 bucks or something you pay or two for it. I don't remember. I think there was two different versions we did, but, uh, we did that under the recommendation from, uh, one of our friends who does a lot of romance novels and she's pretty, she's got like 30 or something. Um, who's been on the show and she's like, yeah, you need to go over and do that. And, uh, that, that worked really well. I sold a bunch of crap, got a bunch of, uh, videos so if you haven't tried it you might want to give it a whirl they have, I I think they have, have two different pricing things but they give away your book and it's basically like an ad so what it does is is there's all these people that subscribe to this uh giveaway list and so what they right. do is they sign up to to potentially win like a sweepstakes maybe 10 of your books that are signed right and then we did the whole thing with the book plates. I uh, learned that from a lot of the authors we have on the show, you know, selling the book plates or offering them as a freebie. And really, the book plates, all they are is like little stickies uh, you they can put in the book. And, uh, you know, people customize them. We made ours customized. Um, and uh, you sign them, you know. So the nice thing about the book plates is they can, um, they can, uh, you can personalize them, but it's not hard copied in the book. There's people that actually trade the book plates. It's freaking crazy. If you, yeah. if you Google, 
if you if you Google the book plate trading uh, and stuff, what they'll sometimes do is they'll take your book, one of your books, and they'll like be like, okay, I got the book plate, but I'm not going to stick it in this book. I'm going to save this for the big book they sell, and then put the autograph in there. And uh, okay. they, there's people they just have collections of book plates. They never put them in the book. Oh, it's like okay. insane. And they'll they'll sell them too if you're a famous author. <laughs> so they kind of play that game. But it's like it's like a whole stamp collecting thing. It's crazy. Oh, but yeah, that Goodreads thing. Um, you you have to be careful. Like we gave away a hundred ebooks and that didn't pan out too well. Yeah. Um, but uh, for some people it does. I mean, you know, your genre where you're selling so many other books, and so people that are going to probably get the free ebook are probably going to go buy the other books. Yeah. But for us, we just have one book. But uh, that Goodreads thing, and there's people that. It, it basically there's a there's a place on Goodreads you go to, and it has like all the free giveaway books. But what's oh, yes, cool yes. Yeah. is when they sign up to like you'll have thousands of people sign up for to, to get those ten free ebooks or whatever ten free right. books. Uh, we mailed the hard copies on the ten free books, but there's thousands of them that will sign up for it, and you do it like three months out, and then what happens? You can still do it now, but what happens is they'll get they instantly get it put on their bookshelf. And so it ends up like an advertisement on thousands of people's bookshelves. Oh, okay. And then uh, it's on the advertisement on that page. <clears throat> and then it reminds me, I should go back and buy another one. And then uh, what it does is as soon as your book gets released, it will send them all an email saying, hey, this book is released. So it's like the right. greatest hack of their database ever. No, it's, so, it's a really so. good, that's a really good one. I've done similar things like that with other uh, promos where I've been uh, building my mm-hmm. newsletter fans, things like that. Mm-hmm. So they will, you know, I will uh, submit to like uh, a contest and, and people will, like you said, they'll, they'll go through and they'll look at all the books that are out there that you can uh, possibly get free, you know, with the mm-hmm. giveaway and they'll click on it and, you know, they click to become, you know, uh, to sign up for your newsletter. Oh, yeah? And it is kind of like, uh, you know, so I build a lot of my newsletter uh, fans that way. And it is like casting a broad net and you get a lot of them. A lot mm-hmm. of them really end up not being that interested, but that mm-hmm. small handful that you get really can be uh, a gold little pocket of, of some good hardcore fans it can build. So and that reminds me, I need to go, I need to go talk more on Goodreads. I need to go over there more and play that game over there. Yeah. Uh, so let's talk about some of your books. What was the the first book that you wrote? Uh, I had up here, and I think it was uh, was the Damage, Damage Incorporated, Incorporated yeah. the hit list. Is Metallica, by the way, a favorite of your metal? It genre? is. Yeah, yeah, they're definitely up there in my top ten favorites. <laughs> <laughs> What's your favorite metal band? You know, my favorite band of all time, not necessarily metal though. It's Rush. Ah, we are kindred spirits, my friend. Ah, very nice. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, Rush. They're they're more progressive rock, I would imagine. Still getting over Neil Peart's death. Um, Oh, I I still, yeah, that hurts. Yeah, it really hurts. Uh, What's your thoughts on this? I know we're kind of a little off topic, but I mean, people who are Rush fans out there in the audience, um, we have a lot of Silicon Valley nerds. Um, uh, Would you still like to see Getty and Alex play together? I would. Yeah, I, yeah. Think, I think they're incredible. You know, both of them have done their uh, own solo projects, and yeah. and I like them. Um, mm. They're just too good of artists just to, you know, not keep yeah. playing and not keep writing. Um, I, 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 I don't I, – I saw something, I think it was yesterday, my, Mike Portnoy, he's another <clears> fantastic <throat> drummer, that uh, said, of course I would – I would love to join those two and, and be their drummer, but I don't know that I'd ever want to see Rush again. They'd probably have to put a different name on it. I'd without, be fine with calling it Rush. Would you? I would. I, I just want to see them play. And, yeah, I mean, that's all we care about. I mean, be an homage to – I mean, it's, it's still – I don't know. It's it, I hate that whole thing where it's like, well, we can't play together anymore. Um, you know, it's it's like, no, come on, man. I mean, they they were really. I mean, yeah, Neil, Neil Peart was a great drummer and a great lyricist, right? Um, but the, most of the music came out of the two of them. Uh, you know, right. Alex yeah, and they Getty. would write the music. They'd write yeah. the lyrics. Um, yeah, yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. Yeah. And I think, and I think, and Neil Peart would probably be fine if the right yeah. person was to. I don't agree with you. Their solar projects are kind of okay. That recent one from Alex is. Yeah, that's. 
I love you, Alex. Really I'm sorry, man. Please. One on that one too. That was really surprised me. Yeah, I was like, I don't know. I listened to the single, and I'm like, man, stick in your lane, stay in your lane. <laughs> um, there you go. You're a rocker, man. But uh, you know, it's 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 so. I I think I feel most uh mostly j uh, scarred by it because I skipped the last tour. Uh, I just wasn't feeling up to it, or something was going on. Oh, that was what. me too, and now I regret. And I thought, oh, yeah, I'll just get <laughs> the next one. And I knew Neil was getting having problems with his arms and stuff. Yeah. Um, and Alex was had arthritis problems. So you get, so you start Damage Incorporated, right? And uh, you've written two books in that series. Is that correct? Right. Yeah. So I wrote the first one and it seemed to do really well. A lot of people liked it. A lot of people wanted to hear something more and that's definitely a, a definitely a concept that's a lot of fun to to stretch out and do more with mm-hmm. uh, just recently just for fun I, I wrote a short story that's in that damaging world and that turned out to be oh. a lot of fun so i might put that somewhere i don't know where i'll put it yet but mm. but yeah that world is fun the damaging world how do you do you, do you go through a process where you force yourself to write every day? Some writers do that. They do. They're like do an hour a day. At Fred's I would like to. I try to. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, it's just hard. Uh, yeah, the weekends are the easiest part for me, and I, it just becomes kind of a ritual uh, that I've kind of made it a habit to get mm-hmm. some writing done. But then also, I'm trying to do marketing. And, yeah. Oh, that's that's rough. <laughs> the marketing is is marketing hard, but you know you just got to build it what and. Do you do? play all the platforms like you just signed up for linkedin linkedin's a great platform right. for stuff to build and talk on um you know people actually have money over there <laughs> we were telling that joke earlier uh That's i'm not sure there's a lot of people with money on snapchat um but uh they do have a lot of uh pictures i guess uh lots of snapchat jokes today yeah um but uh, i like the na- the the lead on this or the uh the byline on this death is only an end getting there is the fun part Everyone should take yes. that attitude in life, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I kind of like that, you know, because it, and that's what's fun about these books. They're they're they are thriller and horror, but if there's a little bit of a subtle humor in it, like it's just kind of having fun with. Because, well, you know, what you do is you go to this damaging uh, company, and you know, if you want someone taken out, or maybe you just want revenge for whatever reason. They can make anything happen, and they summon up these demons from another world to um, to go out there and, and take out whoever you want. And they'll bring out their worst fear in them and make them come alive and take them out that way. There so you go. It, it stretches the imagination a lot, which is mm-hmm. fun to come up with these different uh, creatures and demons and different ideas. Like, oh, what really scares people? You can get into phobias like snakes and spiders and Ah, way like on that. the phobias there. <laughs> yeah, so uh, there's a lot, of, a lot of fun with that. Does your wife like reading your books, or do you scare her with all the Not snakes all. and spiders? No. <laughs> uh, she's read some of them, and she does like them, you know, huh. but, uh, and I know my mom has read every one of them because, you know, she's my mom. And I know that's not what she likes to read. And there are some that I have to give her a little warning with for a second. Oh. <laughs> the uh the uh you know that was the thing i i'd be worried about being married to a horror a thriller writer because i'd read like some of the stuff in the book and i'd be keeping <laughs> one eye open uh, at night on you going i don't know they, they got well, i just want to be careful i don't write something about someone demented and you know takes out their wife yeah killing the wife or you know something like that <laughs> yeah. I, I always, I always, I can never date someone who like watches CS or C, CSI shows all the time. Cause you're like, you're really planning something. You're just looking for the right method to do it and trying to get away. I think that's what most people who watch CSI shows doing. They're just trying to figure out a way to off a spouse and they're, and they're just trying to figure out how to do it without getting caught. And uh, where me, conversely, you know, seeing people get caught on CSI makes it go like, well, you probably should never kill somebody because they do always catch <laughs> you. So don't do that, folks. Exactly. Yeah. And was, I'm not smart enough to do anything like that. <laughs> As a matter of fact, like, you know, writing a good mystery novel, you mm. know, the whodunits and those kind of things. You know, I take my head off to some really good writers that can do that really well. But oh. it's, I mean, that's a intelligent writing and. Um, you know, I, even though mine have some mystery in it, it's, it'd be hard to kind of write something like that. Of course, I have a friend that always tries to get me to write romance too. And 
Just, Maybe you could do a horror romance. Every you time know, I try to do a romance, someone's head gets cut off and it goes great bad. So, <laughs> well, you know, there you go. So, you know, you, you know, what you could do. Is this even a genre romance horror? Uh, you know, uh, I don't know, but maybe that's. I could, I could give you some off my Tinder. I could, I could have <laughs> some tales. I've been seeing all my life. I can write. I can give you some horror stories. Um, <laughs> I haven't cut anyone's head off, but there's still time. Um, great! I just triggered all the FBI warnings. Okay, we've had those of them on the show. They know us. Um, the uh, let's see. The the death is only an end. Getting there is the fun part. That brought back. Uh, that reminded me of the Dire Straits song "Heavy Fuel," where he says, "I'll write my suicide note on a hundred dollar bill." <laughs> uh, that brought that back for me. Uh, let's see. What else? What are some of the other books that we have? So up here uh, on deck? one of the more um, popular ones is uh, "The Other Side of Elsewhere." You mm-hmm. know, that's this one right here. Um, this one was a lot of fun to write because I put a lot of my childhood in it and I always wanted something to, you know, do my little, you know, put some of my own childhood adventures in. And so that's what I did. And, uh, it, uh, you know, it turned out, you know, it takes place in 1982 in the summer in a small town of Riverton mm-hmm. here in Utah. Um, and of course a lot of, you know, strange things happen. And uh, what's funny about it is I wrote it and when I was done writing it, I wrote it long before Stranger Things, and then mm. Stranger Things came out, and I started watching that. And I'm like, "Hey, wait a minute! You ripped me off!" <laughs> and I wondered if I, I almost didn't even try and publish it, you know, because I thought, oh, I don't want people thinking I ripped off Stranger Things." Uh huh. Well, why not? Yeah. Ride their coattails a little bit, maybe. But yeah, right on. If you like Stranger uh, Things? This one's a lot like it. There you go. Well, the '80s were such an interesting time. I grew up in those times. Yeah, you know, it's so funny. I we both grew. I I grew up in California, but spent my teens in Utah, going to high school. And it's so oh, funny okay. how in high school in Utah, you would you would little. I can still see it now. Coming out of the school into the the high school parking lot, and there would be pickup trucks with guns and the gun racks and stuff. Oh, like, God. and that was just like normal. Like you, like you could never do any of that today. Like, no, you know, and, and it's a good thing too. <laughs> yeah, it's a good thing, but uh, yeah, it was just like it was like you know I I had friends they go deer hunting after school and you know oh, especially yeah. during deer season you know yeah. they were always taking a buck and skinning it up and and having all that sort of fun, but uh, but yeah, romance horror that should be like a, that could be like a whole new genre these days. Um, oh yeah, you meet people. I can tell you some stories. You meet people on first dates and you're just like, you're just like, your, your brain's sitting there screaming, going, run, run, run. Your fight or flight's <laughs> kicking in. Um, I remember, uh, what writing a movie once uh, back in the eighties with my friend who had always write movies. And there was a movie we found called Psychos in Love. <laughs> <laughs> they were both serial killers and they ended up finding each other and finding true love. <laughs> What's that song? That's what that reminds Lawyers me. in Love by Jack, J- Jackson. Brown, lawyers in love. You could just yeah. you could just hijack that and rename it "Psychos yeah. in Love." <laughs> that pretty much describes the situation in dating these yeah. days. But uh, so the other book, uh, let's touch on. Uh, so the the other side of nowhere, or I'm sorry, yeah, the, the other, other side, side of elsewhere. elsewhere. Right. And then you wrote Liberty Justice. That was last year. Tell us a little bit right. about that. So that one uh, is a straight straight up thriller. I think a lot of people would really like this one, uh, especially if if horror is not your thing or mm-hmm. supernatural. Uh, but this one, and I, I don't know really where it came from, but uh, it's about a 13-year-old girl uh, that's uh, trying to deal with her mother who's addicted to heroin. Mm. And, um, and she's basically taking care of her mom. And then, of course, uh, you know things go bad and the drug dealer comes to the house accusing her of her things and they, a big fight ensues and he ends up being killed. You know, you know, in self-defense, uh, but they're scared now of the police catching them and, and uh, maybe she's going to go off to uh, be pulled away from her mom. So mm. she takes her mom and uh, they don't get in the van and they just drive away. And now they're on the run from the police. And then the guy that they killed, uh, his brother is the big uh, drug kingpin and, and uh, he hires a really tough, sadistic killer to track him down. Mm. So... There, there's where, you know, it's actually quite a fast-paced thriller, 
but there's a lot of heavy stuff in there dealing with, with the, the addiction and, and the, the strained relationship between the mother and the daughter. Mm. And, um, uh, th- that was a, that was a really, f- you know, it was rewarding. That's what I'll say. Mm-hmm. A rewarding challenge for me. There you go. There you really go. good. It's probably my best writing really. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Uh, so, uh, you know, sometimes, sometimes the, 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 there's good writing and sometimes they're just kind of like, ah, that's okay. I remember doing that. I think, I think, oh, there's about five lines in my book that are good writing and the rest is like, okay. Um, five really good lines. <laughs> yeah. I just had really good stories, like just really messed up business stories, uh, for my book. But, uh, I mean, it could have been a horror, some of the stories that are in there. Um, but, uh, Tree of Souls you wrote two years ago. Tell us about that. It looks like that one's a collection okay. of, so stories. that one's a collection of short stories. So that one is really feeds <laughs> my, my scary stuff. Um, and I, I put in it my Crypticon award-winning uh, short story, Old Betsy. And that's about an old uh, hanging tree that uh, feeds on people. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's <laughs> it goes pretty crazy, but it, it's a good it's a good fun story. And then, I put, of course, I put a lot of other stories in there. I did one that uh, – a couple of them that are definitely homages to um, – uh, oh, man, it's H.P. Lovecraft. Ah. Like H.P. Lovecraft, the old classic, you know, horror writer from the from the from an old age, and then um, there's a western in there that's kind of a scary western, and there's some other ones that are just kind of weird. Um, so that was a lot of fun because short stories. I, I just love short stories mm-hmm. uh, because a novel is so daunting to write, and it takes so long and so much out of you. But writing short stories can be a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, so I just wanted to throw this together and, and put it together. And, you know, the cover, you know, my son is an artist. And so he did the cover for me. Oh, wow. That, um, uh, the tree. Those are all the faces. Oh, those there. are faces on the tree. Yeah. I didn't see that in the little picture. Um, wow. Yeah. His, his artwork turned, turned out incredible. Scary. Oh. Scary. <laughs> Uh, I noticed you won some awards on your website. Uh, t- 2021 Writer's Digest Award winner. Writing company. Right. Yeah, that one actually, um, I won for the same story. The old Betsy won that one. For ah, there you that go. little short story is kind of the little short story that could. <laughs> there you it go. Just, it just uh, that's also the one that won me the Crypticon award. And you've done some screenplays too, as well. Yeah, I did some screenplays. I got kind of got in a, a period where um, I was really writing a lot of screenplays and submitting those, and um, and I had a. I had an agent at the time that represented screen screenwriting, um, but she ended up having to retire. She got really ill and she lost a son and she just ended up having to retire. And so my scripts didn't ever go anywhere. And I just kind of put those on the shelf and I kind of took a break for a while. You know, I just kind of, you know, you have to take care of your family and, you know, life just gets in the way. Um, Mm -hmm. But then eventually I got back, into writing again, back to my first love of writing books. And so that's when I wrote uh, Damage Incorporated and, um, and I just went for it and went Damage and found a publisher to publish it. And, yeah. Awesome sauce. Well, you're on a great path. And uh, so how many books are you, I mentioned you have one and maybe one other one in the works that you got coming out. Yeah. So one I just finished, uh, I, I like it a lot because it takes place in the, Southern canyons of Utah, you know, those nice red canyons and Zion's Canyon and things like that. Um, that one's a really good thriller. Mm-hmm. I don't have a home for it yet. Uh, I'm looking for uh, a publisher or possibly a, uh, an agent to, to represent that, try to step my game up a little bit, a little bit higher. You um, should be, you, yeah, you think you'd be able to pick one up with as many as you have. You know, one, one of my friends who's a CEO of a major company, um, I'm going to say they, cause I don't want to give away who they are. Um, but, uh, I called them up and was like, Hey, you know, I've got a couple chapters. We're looking to shop this to a big publisher. Um, and they got a pretty good payout from a publisher. Um, but they got more than most people do, but they didn't get like, you know, anything super, but I was really surprised. Uh, as soon as I reached out to them, they said, Hey, we need to get on a phone call. I was like, uh okay and you know they're very successful so 
just yeah. their time alone. I was like, and but they're a good friend of mine. Um, and they they go, hey, we need to get on a phone call. And I was like, okay. And they go, don't fucking do it. Publish independent. And I was like, really? what? <laughs> what? <laughs> I mean, you, I saw you everywhere. You sold sold the book, and it's everywhere. <laughs> and and uh, and they're like, no. Nah. They're like, we got an advance. We're still trying to break even on the advance. And it even wasn't that much money. Um, but it was more so like most of the advances are, you know, just uh, four, five thousand, ten thousand, maybe five thousand is like, I guess is about the average. But, um, but you have to sell that much to get to just to break money. even. And then they hit you with all sorts of, you know, it's like the movie business. They hit you right. with all, you know, all their advertising costs and stuff. And, um, you know, I don't know. You, you've got six books in the can. I don't want to discourage you from going that route because you could definitely get picked up. But, you know, we've had we, we've had so many authors on the show and, you know, they've told us that one of the frustrations they have is sometimes they don't get to pick their titles. Sometimes they don't get to pick their copies right. of their books. Um, the copyright thing, the book publishers own it. So like me, yeah. the, after I launched my first book, within about two weeks, I decided I didn't like the structure and I want to put the back to the front, front to the back. It basically was like just flipping them. Right. And I wouldn't have been able to do that. Um, there was some other additions and a couple quick edits we want to do, but I think there was some, some, uh, like a paragraph or something I want to throw in someplace. And, um, I wouldn't have been able to do that without, um, within, without, with a copyright, uh, big right. publisher. They would have been like, no. And if you do really want to change something, you have to fight like hell for it. Yeah. Um, they, they really like having that thing in the can when they launch it. And then they spend like, that was the other thing that we were talking about. She's like, Chris, if you publish that book with a big publisher, it's going to take a year to two years to finally get before they publish it. And the editing process is a nightmare. Um, you know, if they cut your book up, um, you're going to have to rewrite it for them. I mean, they just, they literally have control. And, uh, so So it's it's cracked up to be. Yeah, and then the time was like huge. I mean, even my writers that write every four months and come on the show frequently, they've been on like four or five times now. Um, they, you know, they they write in three to four months, and but it takes like a year to get the book out. <clears throat> and so it's kind of frustrating. I think that's why they write every four months, so they can just keep, <laughs> yeah. keep the well, book yeah, jamming out. Stay ahead of it. Yeah, the just, publishing it, house I'm with, it's Red Adept Publishing, and they're an mm-hmm. independent publisher. And they've been great because uh, before I, I ran into them, it was it was just me trying to do whatever I could do. But when I got with them, there's 60 other authors with that publishing house. Now we're all on Facebook and we're friends and we huh. talk back and forth. We help each other. We read each other's work. Mm-hmm. Um, I've learned so much from the other writers and from my publisher and editor's uh, that I never would have learned on my own. So yeah. they've been a really good house to be with. Um, but you're right. Uh, the publisher owns the book when you sign that contract. And oh, yeah. I can't just go and change the price and put it on sale or anything like that. Um, I do have three three of these books we just talked about are self-published. And I did that pretty much just because I wanted to. I want to try and test my waters that way versus the other. I think mm-hmm. still my books that I've published through Red Adept have uh, earned me more than the self-published ones. But well, that's good. That's good. <laughs> the, doing the arc thing too, the advanced reader copies. You know, we get them all the time from the big right. publishers. The the arc copies, um, sometimes <laughs> six months in advance. There's some we have kicking around here that they. I'm like, you ever going to publish that damn thing? <laughs> um, and then they'll send us like a different copy or a different cover. Uh, and you're just like, man, you guys are just working on that one. Um, <laughs> but uh, the art copies, you know, for reviews and friends and, and getting that to drop so that you can get everybody to. That's the other thing about that Goodreads thing. Once When it drops, you'll have people that will jump in and do the reviews on the first day. And I think you can send them. You can When your book drops, you can send them a massive uh, uh, like newsletter through Goodreads. It says, hey, the right. book's dropping. Please go do reviews. I love you forever, you know, all that sort of thing. But yeah, it's, it's really, you know, building that fandom, building, you know, thing. It looks like you on your website here. We should probably plug people can join your uh, newsletter so they can keep updated on what you've got yes, going on. Yeah. I send one out monthly and sometimes I'll throw a little uh, short story in there for free or some mm-hmm. little contest or 
you know, something that, or just, I like getting feedback from people too. Sometimes I'll put fun little tidbits in there and maybe reviews of other books I've read that I Mm -hmm. like. You know what the other thing you could do, since you know a lot of other people in the genre, you could be put a podcast together. I'm kind of, I know I'm kind of <laughs> partial here, but yeah. uh, I know the power of them. You could have other uh, authors on, and and uh, you know people in that people in that genre, they're really addicted to it and they love it. They really are. They're really you know? they're like a Rush fan. Yeah, <laughs> and so they'll 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 consume the books, and uh, um, so you know having other author, authors on that are horror writers or thriller writers and, and that whole genre. Anything more we need to know about what you're up to and what you're doing and how you do it? Really, just uh, uh, not too much. Um, you know, I just want to love it for people check out my books. Um, I will, you know, that's another thing about getting on my newsletters. Those people always get my arcs first. Those people mm. get free reads all the time. Oh, now, those are people that um, the, I will give all that kind of stuff to. And uh, so, anybody that likes my my writing, that's a good good place to start. There you so go. Follow me on my newsletter. There you go, guys. Order up the book uh, wherever fine books are sold. Yeah. You can go check that out. Uh, the it newest book, like this, uh, the Intruders. The Intruders. A lot of creepy people. The Intruders. <laughs> yeah. Sounds like my Tinder profiles. Uh, I'm just kidding. That's not a nice thing to say. It's probably my profile that's up there. Uh, anyway, July 5th, 2022, if you're watching this 10 years from now, uh, The Intruders is out. You can order it. And uh, by then, you'll probably see that Brett has uh, put out a ton more books and become famous. So that'll be awesome to see. Thanks for coming on the show, Brett. We really appreciate it. Well, thank you so much, Chris. This was, uh, this was a lot of fun. Thank you, and thanks, Mountains, for tuning in. Go to YouTube.com, Fortress Chris Voss. Oh, give us a plug one more time on your website, too, so we get that in at the end. Oh, definitely. What's the .com on that? Oh, uh, <laughs> it's com. There you go. Check that out. Order up the books and get to know him much better. I'm sure you're going to see more from him. Thanks for tuning in. Go to YouTube.com, Fortress Chris Foss, Goodreads.com, Fortress Chris Foss, all those crazy places on the Internet that we're at. Thanks for tuning in. Be good to each other. Stay safe, and we'll see you guys next time.